Welcome into our In the Money podcast for Belmont Stakes Day in New York. Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keelan's Director of Wagering Development. Eight grade one stakes races, and we're going to give you some picks on all of those and then build a uh, pick tick, pick four ticket on the late pick four that ends with the Belmont Stakes. And there are what figure to be some, some really nice battles. There's spots where it's tough to see yourself making a lot of money, but it's, uh, it should be an entertaining card to watch. And then if you can pick the right spots, maybe we can help you do that. We can uh, try to make a little money out of this day. So, Jim, let's jump into the grade one acorn for three-year-old fillies going a flat mile. I just saw this as a two-horse race. Uh, if I bet somebody straight, it would be Matt Araya, uh, just how dominant she's been. Uh, but Echo Zulu ran you know, big in the oaks, and now she's cutting back to a mile, which ought to be ideal for her. So, you know, if you're doing horizontals, I think you just have to use those two and move on. Anything you could add to that? That's exactly how I saw it. I mean, I, I, there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter about the short fields at Belmont. The problem is, I mean, the best horses in these short field races are outstanding. And just like this race, there are three horses in here that fill out the field. I would be absolutely shocked if they win. Monterea or Echo Zulu's got to win this race. Kind of like you, I, I like Monterea because I like Cox, and I thought she showed a different uh, dynamic. She was, um, uh, you know, in sixth place at the first call in the eight bells, and uh, not a problem. She won, won by two and a quarter, whereas Echo Zulu uh, has to have the lead. She didn't get the lead in the Kentucky Oaks, and she got beat by three lengths. She finished fourth. Of course, there's no, no disgrace in losing Secret Oath, who obviously was was awfully good that day uh i would think echo zulu because of the running style and and drawn outside monterea has an advantage here but yeah it's two horse race hard to make any money unless you maybe look at the first couple races and use these two and a pick three let's go to race four the grade one just a game at a mile on the turf for phillies and mares four and up and this is a boatload of chad brown runners in here all of whom are very good-looking prospects. Where did you land? I think Chad could win it. What do you think? Um, I like his chances. <laughs> <laughs> I love Regal Glory here. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are jumping on Speak of the Devil, and um, obviously she ran well. <coughs> excuse me in the in the Churchill Distaff, but I, I thought Regal Glory's Jenny uh, Wiley was really, really good, and uh, got a little more rest than Speak of the Devil and has more experience over here. Speak of the Devil has only run once in North America. So uh, of the two big Chad Brown horses, I'm going to go with Regal Glory, kind of a hometown advantage here. I, I love Regal Glory at Keeneland, and, uh, and I think she's uh, I think she's going to win this. I think Speak of the Devil will be overbed a little bit, and hopefully, hopefully I'll get 8-5 to five or 9-5 to five of Regal Glory. And Italian's not out of it. Uh, she was certainly not. Um, not disgraced by Speak of the Devil, and she may move forward off that race. Um, kind of like the first race, I can't see anybody other than the two Chad Browns winning it. Yeah, I ended up on uh, on Regal Glory also. I'm hoping maybe Speak of the Devil, maybe she bounces a little bit. That was awfully Im- impressive for a U.S. debut on Derby Day. And, you know, if she builds on that, then um, she's going to be uh, a handful. But maybe she regresses off that and then – uh, that even enhances Regal Glory, and, and I'm, even if Speak of the Devil doesn't regress, Regal Glory could still win it. I'm like you, I thought uh, in Italian is, is one you could you know, mess around with in, in exotics, maybe if you uh, keyed that horse in exactas. Uh, if 
she would happen to win, it really uh, pay a lot more than if either one of the other two did. And if she runs second, if you sometimes when you have two heavy favorites, I, I, I try to find a horse that can maybe split the favorites in an exacta, and maybe you know with the favorites the exacta pays eight dollars, and then if in Italians in the uh, exacta maybe it pays eighteen. So um, t- take a look at in, in Italian depending on how the you know exacta probables look. Uh, not as high on her as a win pick, but I'm going to uh, lean to Regal Glory as well. The fifth race is a grade two, so we'll skip that and focus on the grade ones. The next one's in race six. The Woody Stevens for three-year-olds going seven furlongs. you got to beat Jack Christopher there, who was awfully impressive on Derby Day. If you want to try to do that, then I would suggest Wit, the three-horse. Uh, Pletcher knew Jack Christopher was going to be here and still entered. Loved how this horse ran down a easy runaway leader last time in that race at the Bayshore. And uh, looked like that horse was home free and had an easy run of it. And Witt was still able to run him down. I thought that was impressive. And uh, he was an impressive winner here last summer at this track. So I'm going to try Witt um, just for the pick here over Jack Christopher. And if I could get, you know, uh, depending on the price, you know, if Witt's 5-2, to two, I probably wouldn't play to win. But if he floated up to 7-2 to two or something, I could get interested. So... I'm going to take a look at Wit, but uh, Jack Christopher are most definitely the one to beat. What about you? Well, my option to Jack Christopher is Morello. Um, I thought in the Wood Memorial, uh, first of all, it's a, it's a stretch to go a mile and an eighth um, in the first place, and then he hit the gate at the start, went off as the favorite, nine, uh, nine to five favorite against Mo Donegal in early voting. Uh, early voting, of course, came back and won the Preakness. So he draw a line through that one, and his first three races were outstanding. He won by four, five, and four lengths, and his buyer progression was 72 to 84 to 96. So let's say that the Wood Memorial, he doesn't hit the gate, and he runs second to Mo Donegal with a 101 buyer. That could have happened because he certainly was on that path to get that, that kind of trip. Um, and it obviously had a, had a bad, bad race, had a bad day. And I'm going to forgive that, and I'm going to think Morello here has the best shot to knock off Jack Christopher. Um, don't know how smart it is to play against a horse that's three for three and never really challenged, and Chad Brown at Belmont with uh, Jose Ortiz. But I think Rosario and Morello might. And the other thing about Morello is Rosario takes them out. We could move up from Jose Lescano. So I'm going to use Morello as my second horse in here. Let's go to the seventh race, the grade one, Ogden Phipps. Starts the late pick five of all stakes, and it's Phillies and Mayors four and up. They'll go a mile and a 16th, and this is a, a small field. Uh, again, you know, the, talking about the complaints of the small fields on this day. But this one's a, a little more intriguing from a wagering standpoint, I think, than some of the other short field races, where I think you've got all the horses have a shot to win in here. Uh, who did you land on? Yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, I'm looking forward to Malafat and Latruska hooking up. I um, uh, thought Malafat didn't run that well in the double dog there, but I don't think that she was cranked that day any, anywhere close to it. She still won. So assuming that was a building block for this race, which was obviously Pletcher's target, uh, I like her at 5-2 to two to, to upset uh, Latruska. And um, I, I, I don't have a good – I don't – I don't have a reason to bet against Latruska. I just think that Malathot's coming into this race very well. Um, and off that double dog, double dog dare, I think that sets her up well. Clary Air is interesting as well, coming out of the Apple Blossom. 
Patrusca only beat her by a length and a quarter there after uh, Clary Air had opened her four-year career by it was a r- real easy win at Fairgrounds. So this is her third off a layoff. Uh, she might move forward as well. So uh, Latruska is not unbeatable in here. I think there are some other options. And uh, if Malafat is five to two, between five to two and seven to two, I would probably take a shot with her. I'm going to try to beat Latruska in here. I don't think she beat much the first race and the second race. I didn't think Carrier uh, got Clarier got a great ride. Was too far back, and I, otherwise, I think. Clary Air might have been able to beat her that day. So I'm going to take a, a stand against Latruska in here. I think Malathat is most definitely the one to beat. Now, I'm going to try to beat her with a price, um, but I'm definitely going to be uh, leaning heavily on Malathat too. But the price is Bonnie South. And she's never been able to quite beat the caliber of, uh, of a Malathat or a Latruska. But the angle I'm going to focus on here is that Pratt is taking the ride. And you know, she's been ridden by some very good riders. So sometimes, you know, you switch from Giroux or Rosario to Pratt or Pratt to Irad Ortiz or something like that. It's not that that big a deal when you've got uh, all those top-class riders. But every once in a while, I think there's a, a rider switch that really fits a horse well. And I like Pratt's prospects of maybe being able to get her to be a little closer and still finish. I think back to the way he rode hot rod charlie last year in the belmont posted fractions that that horse should have quit and didn't and i don't think bonnie south's gonna be on the lead but if she could be closer and still have a kick then she could have a shot at this at a very nice price i think she's gonna uh, be every bit of you know eight or ten to one in here with these others that are in the field and if search results goes after latrusco a little bit maybe the pace is a little hotter uh i'm gonna play a a a nice bonnie south malathat exacta um, and then look, uh, Clarier's my uh, next choice, and then search results, and then Latruska is kind of going to be last on my list. Maybe I'll, I'll look foolish for doing that, but I'm going to try Bonnie South. I think Malafat's definitely the one to beat in the uh, Ogden Phipps. And let's move to the eighth race. That's the Grade One Jiper, and this one's interesting because you got a big field on the turf going six furlongs, three year olds and up. Starts the late All Stakes Pick Four of Grade Ones, and I am going with Gear Jockey. I interviewed uh, Rusty Arnold, the trainer, back in April at Keeneland for one of our social media interviews. And he was talking about that this horse has been best since they switched him to sprinting, uh, but that he really needs more than a little more than five and a half if possible. Five's way too short. Five and a half, he can get there sometimes. Six or six and a half is ideal. <laughs> Rusty kind of laughed and he said he had the race at six and a half at Kentucky Downs in September already circled. But this one's six, so this will help Gear Jockey. And I think his form's a little better. You just draw a line through those two five furlong races. And then if you focus on the ones at five and a half, uh, he, he looks good. And I think the six will uh, really help. And so I'm going to try that horse at a little bit of a price, even though the, I don't like the post position. At Belmont, you can get away with that, I think. Uh, the five arrest me red. It's got speed and I read Ortiz. And so that one's certainly, uh, could be right there. I don't want to leave him off my ticket. Gregorian Chant, I think will like the extra distance and you get Rosario who's outstanding in turf sprints. So I'm going to have that one on the ticket. Um, I think Casa Creed, the defending champion could certainly get there. Scuttle buzz for Rudy Rodriguez is in peak form. 
and even change of control. 17 times this horse has been first or second out of 35 starts. So that's a nice record of consistency from a horse that's drawn down inside and uh, could very easily you know, be in the money in this group. So uh, I'm going to go deep, obviously, when we get to the pick four, but I'm going to take gear jockey on top in the Jiper. How about you? Yeah, this was a puzzle to me, but what I settled on was a, a strange exacta box. <laughs> well, I like that. Stranger perfect. things just came out. <laughs> well, yeah, it did. Uh, and my son's going to watch it tonight. I think I'm going to I'm going to play the a twelve thirteen exacta box because I, I like what you say about gear jockey, and I really like Gregorian Chant being drawn outside with Joel Rosario because there is plenty of speed in the race, and everybody looks at a six furlong turf sprint as being all speed dominant. I don't think in this case it is. I think I think in this case a closer is going to win the race. And I think Gear Jockey and Gregorian Chant fit perfectly and I think they're good enough to overcome the 12 and 13 hole. <clears throat> so that's my top two picks here. Uh, when we get to pick four, I'll be using Arrest Me Red simply because it's Wesley Ward. Um, uh, you know, I think this horse may be a little bit better at five furlongs. Uh, but, I mean, six furlongs uh, he's won, but it hadn't been at this level. It hadn't been at grade one level. So I'm going to use Arrest Me Red. I'm going to use Scuttlebuzz, the horse you mentioned for Rudy Rodriguez. You cannot let let him off. Uh, I'm going to toss Casa Creed based on the fact that they sent him to Dubai. Uh, I do not like horses coming back from Dubai, and uh, so I, I think that takes it out of him. And the first race back, I'll, if Casa Creed wins, I'm going to lose. So I'm, I'm not going to use Casa Creed at all. So... I, that, that's that's my top four horses here. I really like the twelve thirteen exacto. It was six to one and eight to one. This is an opportunity to make some money here. Uh, the other horse, the other races, maybe not, but this one certainly is. The Met Mile, maybe not so much. <laughs> Three holds it up, going a flat mile. Uh, historically, a, a great great race, a stallion making kind of race. But you got Flight Line and Speaker's Corner with some very salty form for each one and. Uh, certainly would look like on paper one of those two. Can you go against them? I don't think so. Uh, that My pick four, again, has those two horses. I love Aloha West. Uh, I was disappointed in the comeback. I thought I thought he would run better against Jackie's Warrior, but Jackie's Warrior uh, got an easy lead in that race and, and, and didn't have a shot. I, I think Aloha West is, is definitely the third best horse in here. Can I see it happening like the Breeders' Cup Sprint? Probably not. I think Speaker's Corner and Flight Line are the class of the race, and it comes right down to who, who has the better day. Uh, Speaker's Corner's been off since April, so, uh, or I'm sorry, um, Flight Line's been off since December. Speaker's Corner has the recencies edge, and that 114 in the Carter uh, jumps off the page at you until you look at that 118 in the Malibu for Flight Line. So if Flight Line keeps it together, uh, hard to beat. Uh, has has not won less than by less than eleven and a half lengths. So I'm I'm looking forward to this because they they could they're going to throw it down for the very start. And if they do go too fast, Aloha West I think has a outside shot at picking them up. But flight line speaker's corner for me. Yeah, if your budget permits, might be worth including Aloha West, who would really boost up the horizontal wagers if you're playing pick threes, pick fours, etc. But um, I, I, I think it's going to be flight line or speaker's corner. I, I give the slight nod to flight line, but just drawn inside, maybe has a little better chance to control things. But uh, they both look top-notch, as does Aloha West, just maybe on paper a, a half a notch below. 
The 10th race is the grade one Manhattan at a mile and a quarter on the turf for four-year-olds and up. I did not have a strong opinion in here. Where did you land? No, this is the most spread I've got. Uh, I, I thought I probably settled on uh, Centin is, uh, is the wise guy horse here, a horse that won the turf classic at Churchill. Um, Brendan Walsh has this one going the right way. He's improved every start and uh, will probably be the favorite. But there's a lot of good horses in here. Channel Maker uh, likes Belmont. Uh, Highland Chief won the Man of War at Belmont. Uh, May 14th, um, he may be he may vie for favoritism as well. Uh, at Hamo for Chad Brown, even though he was disappointing in the Santon race, I think he fits well on, on back class. Um, Paulo Lobo in love, who uh, didn't run that well in the Maker's Mark Mile, and then they I think they scratched this horse out on Derby weekend, if I remember correctly. Uh, but that horse fits. I mean, got beat two and three quarters in the Maker's Mark Mile, and uh, won the turf mile at Keeneland last year in 15 to one for a, a decent trainer, and then Gufo for Christophe Clement. You got it. You got to include him. He only lost to Highland Chief by a length, and I think he's got a big shot in here. So I'm going to spread here. I think there's five, six, seven horses to win this race. I ended up taking Ed Hamo, um, but I'm not all that confident. Um, I, I like the fact that Chad Brown brings this horse back in this race. There are softer spots he could have picked off that disappointing run last time. Even a softer grade one he probably could have found, something like the, the United Nations or something. And he ends up bringing this horse right back into the deep water. And uh, Chad uh, you know, certainly know, knows his horse well. And if you could forgive the last race, then that race down at the fairgrounds uh, certainly fits well. Uh, and Pratt's in the saddle. So uh, slight lean to Ed Hamo over Santon. Um, don't know if Santon, I wonder if he's going to be as good at a mile and a quarter as he is at a mile and an eighth. Uh, and for Gufo, I think he's probably better at a mile and a half than he is at a mile and a quarter. But they're certainly capable of, of you know, of winning really good horses. So because I've got a question on those top three that I have, I definitely want to have in love on my ticket because you're talking about a grade one winner at 15 to one. And there's, yeah, he's a question mark at a mile and an eighth, but I got questions about everybody in here. So uh, I'm definitely going to have him on the ticket at that price. And uh, the fact that Paulo Lobo ends up sending him up there uh, suggests that he's got some confidence. So definitely want to have in love on the ticket. Uh, Highland Chief, certainly that last race was very impressive. I uh, thought it really got a favorable setup there. But uh, yeah, the number, uh, if he can run back to that kind of a buyer speed figure, he'd be right there at the end, I would think. So. Don't have a strong opinion, a slight lean to it, Hamo for me. The grade one Belmont wraps up this all-stakes pick four and pick five for three-year-olds going a mile and a half. And I talked myself in and out of two or three other horses and finally settled on the Philly Nest. Um, started with her pedigree. She's by Curlin out of an APND mare. I think in the Belmont, you generally want to be right there at the at or on just off the lead at the top of the stretch or really kind of halfway into that turn. And I think she figures to get that kind of trip, kind of like she did in the Ashland, uh, that uh, We the People goes to the lead and Ness sits back uh, off and length or two and is in a prime spot turning for home. Uh, in the Kentucky Oaks, I thought she had to wait a little bit 
uh, on the turn, the second turn for running room while Secret Oath was already flying by on the outside. And uh, if you watch the gallop out, uh, Nest actually moved past Secret Oath. Um, I like the fact that they pointed, they had this race in their mind for Nest for a while because of her pedigree. So this is not just a, a wild swing here. Uh, Pletcher's very good in this race. So I just thought you get Pletcher, you get a horse that's really bred well to get the mile and a half. You get a horse that figures to get the, the kind of trip that often wins this race. And she's eight to one and uh, probably figures to get that number. So I'm going to take Nest. We the people, I think is definitely the, the one to beat. I'm a little worried that, uh, you know, maybe he's a little too headstrong right now in his uh, career to get the mile and a half, but he did run awfully well to Peter Pan. Anything close to that, I don't think they'll beat him. Creative Minister was one I uh, had talked myself into picking to win at one point. Uh, but this is, you know, he ran first Saturday in April, then Derby, then Preakness, now this. Is it maybe a little too much in a short window? Uh, I don't know, but he's kept improving. And uh, I like his running style to just kind of keep plugging along. So um, I think he's dangerous. Mo Donegal definitely uh, got to be in the mix uh, for Pletcher also. Rich Strike, uh, I think he'll, uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll uh, be up the track, you know, a long way or anything like that. I think his, you know, you look at back at his derby and, and his buyer speed figure, that looks legitimate and he's trained well. But if he, is way back. I don't like that running style. And if they take him out of that style, maybe that doesn't fit him well. So I think he might be kind of between a rock and a hard place in the Belmonts, kind of my thought. So anyway, long-winded way of saying I ended up with Nest. How about you? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons that all eight of these horses can't win. And there aren't a lot of reasons that they can win. <clears throat> um, so Rich Strike, I agree with you. And one thing you didn't mention, uh, and I was, uh, as we're taping this, I'm at Red Mile, and Johnny Oldham came in, and we were talking about the Belmont a few minutes ago, and we were wondering, Sonny Leon, if I'm not mistaken, is running at Belmont, at uh, Belterra today. And he was running at Belterra yesterday on $4,000 claimers. As we and take I, this I, on I, Thursday. Yes, yeah. and I made the comment uh, to Johnny. I said, would you be riding a 4,000 claimer at Belterra if you had a shot? to win a grade one on Saturday, he said, well, you know, I probably wouldn't, but Sonny Leon has probably never set foot on Belmont. And we started talking about how, concern. how tricky the racetrack is. Uh, remember Ronnie Franklin on uh, Spectacular Bit started making that move at the mile pole. Thought it was the five-eighths pole. Well, uh, Mind That Bird, Calvin moved too soon, I think, on Mind That Bird. Yeah, and so it is, it's, it's a it's a completely different racetrack. He doesn't have another mount on Belmont Day. Uh, don't think he's going up there tomorrow on Friday. So I, I think I think that that horse is really up against it. I think his running style. Uh, I'd like to see Eric Reed win the Belmont. That'd be pretty cool. To, oh sure. To, to verify the fact that this wasn't a fluke that he won the Derby. Everything happened perfectly that day. He had a great trip and he had, they had blistering fractions up front. I don't think that's going to happen in this race. So. Having said that, that's why Rich Strike can't win. Um, we the People is, is one of my favorite horses running right now. I know that the Arkansas Derby, I really liked him that day, and he lost his race in the paddock. Um, and so you can just draw a line through that, and he's been he's moved forward every race. He's lightly raced. Um, 
But the last race, he took the lead and just blew them off their, uh, blew their doors off. That's not going to happen here, and I don't know if he can get a mile and a half in his fifth lifetime start. But these other horses, Creative Minister is trying to do the same thing. So <clears throat> We the People would be my second choice. I'm going to go with Creative Minister. I think Kenny McPeak's got this horse going the right direction. And, yes, he ran the first Saturday in May, and then he came back and ran the Preakness, didn't disgrace himself, got beat by three and a half, ran right behind Epicenter for third, uh, still improving on the buyer scale, still lightly raced. And that race on uh, Derby Day was not a taxing race for him. He cruised that day. He won by two and three quarters, wrapped up. So uh, I don't think that's anything like running in the Derby and then coming back in the Creek Preakness and then coming back in the Belmont. So I'm going to go with Creative Minister, a little bit of a price here, simply because I, I don't feel good about the other horses. Mo Donegal, i got to include, and I would think that of the horses we talked about, because of Pletcher and because of his um, his win on the track um, and I read Ortiz, he's probably the best bet to win the race. Uh all those things put together, but the price isn't going to be very good. So with Creative Minister, it being six to one to eight to one, Modonical being two to one to five to two, I'm going to go with Creative Minister, but I'm going to use all four of the horses that I mentioned. I am going to throw Rich Strike in there. I'd be crazy if I missed a pick four because I didn't put the Kentucky Derby winner in there. So, but I don't think he, I don't think he's got a very good shot to win, and he's certainly not a good bet at seven to two. So let's go to the pick four, and I ended up putting together a $60 ticket. I uh, was going to go six deep in the Jiper, and I decided to cut it down to four to add one more in the Belmont. So I ended up going with five, eight, 12, 13 in the Jiper and left out Casa Creed and change of control. I also had on my original ticket. So four deep there, five, eight, 12, 13, one, two in the Met Mile, then two, four, five, eight, nine in the Manhattan, and then one, three, five. I'm going to include Creative Minister as well. I just have a, a feeling Mo Donegal is going to run well and finish second or third. Um, I, I'm not as high on that horse, so I'm going to leave him off. May come to regret that, but it's just between the Jiper and the and the Belmont Stakes. Uh, it's it's hard to keep the ticket at a manageable level. I don't want to spend a you know 120 150 dollars on a on a pick four. So for 50 cents. So I'm going to take a $60 play four by two by five by three for my Belmont, uh, late pick four. How about you? I spent a little bit more. I spent 96, um, same horses in the first two legs, five, eight, 12, 13 with one, two, uh, similar in the, um, uh, in race 10, the Manhattan, I went six deep there. Uh, the six horses that I talked about two, four, five, eight, nine, ten. And then I went four deep in the Belmont. I'm leaving off Ness, your top pick. I I, I just don't think she's quite this caliber. I, I, I could be fooled. I was fooled by rags to riches once upon a time. So it would make me happy if the Asheville winner came back and won the Belmont. But I'm going to leave her off. I'm going to use uh, one, four, five, six, We the People, Rich Strike, Creative Minister, and Mo Donegal. So five, eight, twelve, thirteen with one, two, with two, four, five, eight, nine, ten, with one, four, five, six, and that's a $96 ticket. Best of luck with your plays on the Saturday card at Belmont. The eight grade ones is uh, quite a challenge from a handicapping perspective. Good uh, card at Churchill, too. So uh, plenty of places to take some shots this weekend. Good luck, and we'll be back next week for another edition of the In the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.